welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you tonight? I'm feeling a little old, Jeff, and we are going to go way back in Disney time tonight. Age is but a number, Sandy. Don't feel, don't feel old, but, but we will take a nice look back. Tonight, we're going to do uh, another installment of our resort series. It is our second resort we're talking about in Disneyland. Tonight, we are going to talk about the Disneyland Hotel. And while it's our second hotel in the hotel series, it is actually the very first unofficial Disney resort ever. So a, a tremendous amount of history. When you, anytime you talk about Disney's presence in California, History is very, very much a part of what we have to discuss here. So let's lead with the history, right? When did it open? Give us a little bit of perspective, and I'll pepper you with some questions because you are the Disney expert. You bet. So if you know anything about the history of opening Disneyland, the actual park, we know that there were some things at the end that they had to eliminate because of funds, and then Walt even privately funded Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. They named it after him because he truly funded it separate from the corporation. But he realized that they needed a hotel and they didn't have the money to build one. So he went to his buddy, Art Linkletter, very famous in the Hollywood scene. Art said, you're not going to need people in a hotel. Nobody's going to come to a theme park and stay overnight. I'm not wasting my money there. Oh, Art. Poor Art. Art has commented ever since it was his financial mistake of life. Um, Walt went to Sheraton and Hilton. They both declined. And then he connected with Jack Rayther, a Texas millionaire who owned another hotel or two. And Jack took on the Disneyland Hotel. Walt allowed him to use that name. It was across the street. It was pretty tiny. 100 guest rooms, two-story buildings, five of them on the property. And it opened. They couldn't get it quite in time for park opening. It opened about three months later. It opened October 5th, 1955. And Jeff, any guess what it costs to stay at a deluxe resort in Disneyland on opening night? I'm sure it's nowhere near what it is now. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give you some hints because... I kind of got into what does this cost actually mean? So it was 1955. You could buy a loaf of bread for 18 cents, a gallon of gas for 23 cents, a gallon of milk for 92 cents. And one of the most expensive things on my comparison list, a Mickey Mouse lunchbox for 88 cents. So four gallons of gas or a lunchbox. Tough call. I like how you went 88 cents in the end there because 1955 for any of your movie buffs, it's not Disney, but it's a wonderful year for Marty McFly and you need to go 88 miles an hour to go back in time. I would love to go back (laughs) in time and get myself some milk for 92 cents a gallon or gas for 23 cents a gallon. But tell me, how much did it cost to stay at the Disneyland Hotel opening night? $15. Wish I could book that one for myself right now. $15 a night for a deluxe resort. Now, we Who wouldn't want to be there. We did a show recently about uh, Avengers camp- campus opening. Can you get anything at Pim's Kitchen for $15? <laughs> Not pr- 
pretzel was definitely under fifteen dollars. That's good, but it wasn't quite ninety-two cents for the. I think my chicken sandwich was a little under that fifteen dollars, and by a little under, I think I mean about eight cents. But you know, so, again, a little perspective, <laughs> <laughs> and a little perspective on what hotels were when they built this hotel. They thought. Again, who is going to come and stay in this hotel? We needed something to draw people in. So they made sure that while you were there, you could get things done. They had a doctor in the hotel, a dentist, a hairdresser, and a beauty salon. So that you could fill your time and have something to do in between going to the theme park. A hundred rooms, but you can go to the doctor. So don't worry. That's fine. Yes. And, you know, everybody goes on vacation to have some dental work done. Obviously, yes, you might need a crown. But as we said, Art Linkletter, he made the mistake of not investing, and the Disneyland Hotel really thrived. And they did many, many remodels on it. In the 80s, they really decided that nobody was going on vacation to see their doctor and their dentist. And again, they wanted you to have something outside the theme park. So they kind of upped their game right at the hotel. They had nightly shows in the wharf bar. They had a water show in a little pond on the courtyard. They had one-tenth scale remote cars that guests could rent and play with. Remote control boats in the water lagoon. Lots of things to keep you busy outside the park if you were done for the day. It's kind of and, like the beginning of downtown Disney. Like, like in a lot of ways, like the idea of keeping you in it in something that is related to the, the Disney name and brand, but not going in the park. That Disney bubble that we talk about. And through all of that, Disney obviously by the 80s had great cash flow, were expanding their empire, and they really, really wanted to buy it back. And the Rathers didn't want to sell it back. They realized they had a great thing. Eventually, unfortunately, Mr. Rather and his wife died, and Michael Eisner was able to buy it back, put it under the Disney umbrella. They sadly demolished a lot of the original hotel. They rebuilt it in 1999 into the three big towers that we see today, Fantasy, Adventure, and Frontier. And when they did that rebuild, again, that was with that big vision. That's when they created that walkway to get you into downtown Disney and into the parks. So they were expanding their footprint, but really bringing everybody together. It, it comes as no surprise to you if you've done your homework or if you live through it, that this is an Eisner driven project, right? Eisner was conscious of the origin of the company being in California. He clearly wanted to make sure that the original hotel came back under the mouse's control, so to speak. So kudos to him as a many things during the, you know, what, what they dubbed the Disney decade that, that they made this happen. Who is this hotel for now? It's really for those that want extra magic. We know Disney resorts bring that extra magic in everything from the greeting in the lobby to the designs in the elevators, the hallway and your rooms. And one thing that we've, mentioned many times is that the lesson that came out of Disneyland that they took to Walt Disney World was that they needed the luxury of space. Walt Disney World has 28 on-site resorts and we know there's room for many more. 
out in California, we only have three Disney-owned hotels. So this gets you that true Disney magic. It's the middle price point, but a super location, great hotel. It also has a huge conference center. So maybe you're super lucky and your company or your industry is holding a conference there. And so you get to go for work and add something on. I would encourage you, even if you're not there for work, the lobby kind of flows into the beginning of the convention center. And I can totally get lost, not geographically, but in time, because there is just such amazing displays of Disney history on the wall. Photos to see, plaques to read, those true Disney fans that want every bit of information you can get. Take a minute and visit that lobby because you're going to love it. Now, here is a question I love asking when we talk about the California resorts because I know the answer. But people that are that are very much in touch with the, the East Coast Disney presence, this is going to surprise them. Talk to me about the transportation options, Sandy. There is none. It's just my feet. And when they redid the hotel, they put a sorcerer's hat there. So you exit through the sorcerer's hat and the sorcerer's hat calls you back home at night. And when I leave that, the hotel and walk through the sorcerer's hat, probably about three minutes from the lobby to the hat, another one minute, and I'm at security already, and a minute later, and I'm in downtown Disney. And as we've talked about in, in other shows, the entrance to the park right from downtown Disney, correct? Correct. So you can... Go a few more steps and hop onto the monorail. Uniquely, the monorail will take you from downtown Disney into the middle of Disneyland, their park that's like the Magic Kingdom on the East Coast, or keep walking to the Espionade to enter either park from the front. Okay, cool. All right, so obviously we're talking hotel, places you're going to stay. Break down the room options for us. Their rooms, the basic rooms are all going to be the same. They're all going to sleep up to five adults, two queen beds, and a pull-out couch. Some rooms do have a king bed. The difference here in Walt Disney World, we talk about water views and theme park views. Here they have standard, deluxe, premium, and downtown Disney. The real difference, the downtown Disney, is the backside of one tower. The premium views are all pool views and the higher you go in the tower the more premium the view is considered from the higher heights but they also have some unique rooms they have one two and three bedroom family suites these are not like the vacation villas that we've talked about at disney vacation club properties these are just a family suite so you don't have that full kitchen, you don't have that washer dryer, and those suites sleep six to 14 people. But what they do have here that I absolutely love is signature suites. And they only have one of each of these. So there is one Adventureland suite, one Big Thunder suite, one Fairy Tale suite, one Mickey Mouse penthouse, and one Pirates of the Caribbean room. They each sleep up to six because they are a bedroom and a living room. And I will tell you that I have been in the Adventureland one. It could be an attraction onto itself that you walk through, starting with the ring of the doorbell and all of the little things inside. You definitely 
feel like you're headed out for a jungle cruise. So a really, really fun thing to do one of these suites if you can. That sounds amazing. And again, reach out to your travel specialist. Make sure that that is on their radar if that's something you want to do. Because as you said, one of each. So you have to make sure that they're available when it is you want to go. Uh, 12 minutes into our show, haven't discussed food yet. So let's talk about the food options at this particular hotel. Food options are pretty limited in all of our on-site hotels in Disneyland. They've got Tangora Terrace. That's going to be your quick service, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Trader Sam's, I know you all think it started in the Polynesian, but it started out in Disneyland and then they brought it east. I love their Trader Sam's. It's actually a little bit bigger than its East Coast counterpart. And it's got an outside area that is just wonderful to sit out with a fire pit and everything. All the same antics and the same storyline. Lots of fun for late evening. They have what they call coffee house, as simple as it sounds. Coffee, tea, bagels, things like that, first thing in the morning. Just a grab and go, no seating. And then they offer a great character breakfast and character dinner at Goofy's Kitchen, hosted by none other than Goofy. So lots of fun things, but limited things. And the reason is I can be at downtown Disney, even with going through security, probably five minutes door to door. And I think they must have been thinking of me, even though they didn't consult me, because the thing closest to this hotel the second you step into downtown Disney is none other than Earl of Sandwich. (laughs) And if you've heard me talk before, it's a favorite of mine for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. I could eat Earl literally three times a day. So super convenient to grab breakfast there. There are a lot of things open in downtown Disney as you're headed into the park where you can do a quick service. You can do a sit down or a little a literal grab and go as you're headed in for your day of fun. Obviously, as we said, it's right near the actual theme parks right there. It's walkable. So talk to us about the recreation options that exist, even though we have some limited space. Pools, pools, and more pools and cabanas by the pool. Two retro style pools with two water slides that are designed like a monorail two whirlpools and a splash zone. So lots of water, lots of ways to take a break. And unlike when we talk about in Walt Disney World, that coming back to your hotel for an hour swim could be a three and a half to four hour process. You really can come back to your hotel for an hour swim and only be out of the parks for an hour and 45 minutes to two hours. So a pool break is definitely doable here. And for those that feel that Disneyland is so much smaller than Walt Disney World, and you're just not getting those 16, 17, 18,000 steps in a day, they conveniently provide a fitness center. Everything is so close. So, you know, when you're, if you're coming from an East Coast perspective and, and it's difficult for you to, to fathom it, reach out to a travel specialist at Easy Diz. Talk to them about it. Let them talk to you about the different options that are there, how close things are, so that you really get a good perspective of exactly what Sandy just talked about there, that you can leave the park, go back to this resort, hang out for an hour, and maybe take a shower, and it's a two-hour thing that you're not, that you're not at the park for. So just understand that, because for folks that are Florida travelers, it's tough to kind of get that. It is. And we've talked, if you're an East Coaster and you've maybe stayed at Old Key West or Saratoga Springs, and we've talked about 
how large those properties are and how you might even take a bus within your own resort to get to the food court, you can walk to all three hotels that are the Disney-owned hotels in less time than the furthest room in Old Key West up to the lobby area. So it is compact, but it does pack plenty of magic. All right, so what, what haven't we covered here tonight? So I'll give you some of my favorite bits of magic that not everybody can necessarily see or do. Some of it is a question of timing. But they have at this hotel, if you're looking for somewhere to get married on Disney property, a beautiful rose garden that they do weddings in. And you may not be on the guest list, but if you're super lucky, and I have been lucky twice in all of my visits, you may see Cinderella's coach pulled by those tiny little white ponies coming across the resort with or without the brides in the back headed off to their ceremony. So it's a great location if you want to get married. If you're a little girl and you see that princess in her coach and her big white dress, it's magical. A bit of magic that everybody can have is in their lobby. I think their lobby is just so adorable. They have teacups like you would find in the ride, and you can just sit in a teacup instead of sitting on a couch and grab a picture. Why not? That's cool. Run Disney events. Sometimes start in the parking lot of this hotel. And again, you may be a runner, and so you're going to find the start line. But you also may just be a visitor that has no clue that there's Run Disney events. Make sure, talk to your travel specialist, check a calendar. You don't want to be arriving and have difficulty getting in. And I would say the last super magical thing that I saw when I was in Disneyland one year was I had that magical night where I went to bed and it was the regular magic of Disney. And I got up the next morning and it was Christmas in the Disneyland hotel and they do a gingerbread display that is just awesome so if you've done holidays at Walt Disney World head west check it out you won't be disappointed well Sandy there's nothing I like talking more with you about than the history of this company and this entity and anytime we talk about California you really bring it and you really educate me on things that I'm just to be perfectly honest not in a negative way, really ignorant on because I've never been there. So thank you for taking the time to explain this wonderful hotel for us. Well, I'm glad that we're going to be changing that in less than a year, Jeff. We're getting you out to Disneyland. Have a great week. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. Don't forget to join us Sunday on our YouTube channel, YouTube slash Let's Talk Diz, for all the Disney Parks blog news of the week that can impact your vacation. We hope to see you back here next week when Sandy covers everything new in the 2021 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share, have them like, and subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination plan. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.